There is nothing like a plant friend. Plant friend. (laughs) We've all been there before. We get to a party and you meet a stranger who happens to mention that they also have a plant collection or a garden. And after a quick follow-up, light sparks in both of your eyes and you realize that you found another one of your own, a new plant friend. Cut to 45 minutes later, you and this new plant friend are two drinks in, in the corner of the room, comparing your Hoya collection, your house plant watering tips, or maybe even organizing a Dahlia tuber swap. You never know. In my book, Growing Joy, The Plant Lover's Guide to Cultivating Happiness, I say that making adult friends can be hard, but making plant friends is actually really easy. I'm so fortunate that I get to call the three guests today my plant friends, having admired their collections and plant tube channels for years now. Today, we chat about the evolution of plant parenthood, what our different seasons have looked like, and talk about all things that only true plant friends would discuss. Welcome back. Welcome to the Growing Joy podcast, where we not only learn how to care for plants successfully, but how to simply and affordably use our plant babies to cultivate more joy in our lives. I'm Maria, author of Growing Joy, The Plant Lover's Guide to Cultivating Happiness, speaker, podcaster, and most importantly, an epic plant killer turned happy plant lady. On Growing Joy, you'll find conversations about plant care, plant community, and wellness through the lens of plants. Welcome back to Growing Joy, Plant Friends. And if you're new here, welcome to our community of online plant friends who are growing plants successfully or unsuccessfully and trying to troubleshoot with each other and figuring out how to cultivate joy while doing so. I hope that you have had a beautifully planty week filled with growth, green, happiness. I am just recording this intro. I've just gotten back from giving my first keynote of the year. I flew to Charleston, South Carolina. I live in New York to be the keynote speaker at the annual Garden Club of Charleston annual luncheon. It was ladies who lunch. It was so fun. I gave a talk about growing joy and how we can cultivate kindness and connection through plants. It was so amazing. And it was a whirlwind. I was in Charleston for 48 hours, and now I'm back recording more episodes for you. And man, we have incredible episodes in line. You might be able to hear my new baby bird tweeting in the background. I'm still figuring out how to be a podcaster as a new bird mom. More on that soon. You can meet Frankie, my my new baby budgie, on Instagram if you're interested in following my bird mom journey because... I've canceled the term crazy plant lady. I'm a happy plant lady, but I'm definitely a crazy bird mom. But I digress. Today's episode, I'm so excited. It's a series that I've had on the podcast before called Plant Friend Hangs. It's usually a panel of three different plant people and me, and it's more conversational. It's not like a very sterile interview. It's more conversational about various topics of plant parenthood that aren't just watering. I'm so excited to introduce you to three of my plant friends, Adam, Becca, and Nicole. You might know them from their very impressive YouTube presences, or maybe even you listen to their podcast that is called Potted Together. I'm really lucky that I've known these three for a while now. We've all had plants, as you're going to learn, for multiple years. And I've seen within myself, but also within them, that our plant 
interests, our collections, our approach to plant care has really ebbed and flowed and grown as we've grown as plant parents. And I think, I know we have a lot of new plant parents listening to this podcast, and I thought it was important to have this conversation on the evolution of plant parenthood with people who have been at this for a while, because a lot of us might be, you know, in our community might be hitting our first year or our second year, or maybe our first month with houseplants. And as things start to change, we can cultivate a feeling of like, like failure or confusion. And so this conversation is just meant to inspire you to continue growing alongside your plant collections as you grow as a person, as a plant person. Hearing other plant parents talk about their experience, I feel like is so helpful because I know when I had first gotten into plants, I felt so crazy for how much I loved my plant collection and how quickly I grew my plant collection. And you know, I have found that I've had these feelings about my relationship with plants that have felt quote unquote crazy, quote unquote weird. And then the more plant people I talk to, the more I realize they're not crazy or weird. They're totally normal. So this just to let you know, plant friend, you're not alone. Whatever, whatever season of life you're in with your plants, we've been there or we will be there. And these seasons are cyclical, right? So we'll keep returning back to them. So without further ado, here are Adam, Becca, and Nicole. Welcome to Growing Joy, friends. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm very us. excited to be here. The Potted Together crew. I'm so excited. I hope you guys have heard my episode on Potted Together that aired last month, but I'm so excited to have you guys on my show um, after knowing you all individually for a couple of years now. Yeah. 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 How long has it been? Post-pandemic, it's like, what is time? Exactly. Yeah, I remember... I just remember all of the things from your live episode with Becca before I even knew Becca, like all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what, yeah. 2019, 2018? Yeah, Tw- I think 20, 2019. 2019. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I think let's start by obviously asking you guys to each introduce yourself, but also you're kind of like an iconic plant friendship because for, you know, everyone talks about plant friends and, and online plant friends, but you guys like have really taken plant friends to the next level with the fact that you started a podcast together and are true real life friends. So do you each want to kind of introduce yourself and, and talk about your, your channels and, and how you became the plant parent you are today? Sure. Nicole, you want to start? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm Nicole, and my YouTube channel and my Instagram is My Clean Leaves. And I think I started around the same time all of us started. I think we all started right around 2019, early 2019. I was a little earlier, yeah. Okay. But yeah, around that time. Is that yeah, you, you were guys like too? One of, you were like one of the first in the game, because I remember watching you before I started. So mm-hmm. I was behind uh, like Summer Rain and Hilton Carter. Like they were the OG yeah. OGs. And then I feel like I was in like the second heat of OGs. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started... Um, Pretty much after a long spout of being off of work, I'm a wedding photographer. So I have down season where I just get bored and I just start new hobbies. And I started with a few plants that I was actually able to keep alive. And it kind of spiraled that winter. So I actually got into collecting plants over the winter time in Chicago because I'm from the Midwest and it gets very cold here. So I don't think that's an ideal time to get into collecting house plants because the stores are slim pickings at that time over here. You know, we don't have a ton. 
But um, I just absolutely loved it. And it brought me so much joy, especially in colder, gloomier months to bring plants into my house. And I started watching Summer Rain. I was watching a few people on YouTube. And then I started my channel shortly after that. I was like, hey, I have something to offer to this community. You know, why not? So And so, Nicole, once again, what's the name of your YouTube channel? My Clean Leaves. My Clean Leaves. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam, what about you? Well, um, I, my name's Adam and I, my Instagram and YouTube is at not dude, K N O T. And that's because I kind of started my plant journey, um, in kind of sequence or the same time I was started doing macrame. So I was, I was making macrame plant hangers, making walled, um, macrame just for myself or for certain like friends and family. So I never went into a business with it. But it was because I bought my first plant in like early 2018 and I bought a plant hanger at Sprout Chicago that was, it was a nice plant hanger, but I'm like, I could do this myself. Why did I just spend $30 on this? So then I it kind of went down a rabbit hole um, with macrame and then also plants. And I was living in Illinois at the time. And now I I moved to Arizona in 2019 and my collection kind of moved away from tropicals and a lot of foliage to just basically a lot of Hoya because they really can... Uh, you are the Hoya king. They they <laughs> take my abuse. But yeah, I started my YouTube channel in like late 2018 because I was watching Summer Rain and Nick Pelleggi and I was like, you know, I before that I had done a little stint as like a wedding videographer, like the kind of wedding videos that are like documentary or like not set up on a tripod, but like a, like a little film, you know, like a little movie. And I stopped doing that because that gets a little stressful. Wedding industry gets a little stressful. And so I had all this equipment and I was like, wait, I could make a video. And I was like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I can do this. I can open up a box of plants. And, um, yeah, I just started my channel and I really had no like goals or anything to hit with it. I was just like, I'll just post videos. And then when people started watching, I was like, this is weird. This is weird that strangers want to watch these videos, but Mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Plant tube is like so fascinating to me that people just watch plant tube the way they watch TV and plant tube for those listening is planty YouTube. But yeah, it is wild that there are these, all of these accounts that are just like vlogging about their plants all the time and people love watching them. It, It is kind of crazy when you think about it. But then when I also think about the other things that my husband and I watch, those are also weird. Like we're obsessed with those like old timey like restoration projects. So someone finds like a old pot from the 1920s and then they just like clean it and restore it. So I feel like that's (laughs) YouTube is like for that. But for these very weird niche passions. I love that. What about you, Becca? Okay. Well, I also started in 2019 and I'm going to say first, I had uh, some dental work. So my mouth is like half working. So just for, if you see that, that's what's going on. <laughs> it's, it's coming back. But you're bouncing anyway. back. You're bouncing back from even the la- the 20 minutes that we've been on this call. You're, you're definitely gaining more of your, of your left face sensation. Yes. Back. I think it's like, if I use it, it'll um, but yeah, so I started in 2019 on actually January 1st, 2019, and I started my channel because I was, well, I got into plants because I was graduating from college and I kind of did not know what my life was going to look like. 
on a wild situation met a teacher at a school and then I ended up teaching at that school like with like two weeks notice. But prior to that, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. So it was kind of like, uh, well, my family has always done plants and I like them. So I'm just going to dive in and see like if I connect with plants as much as like my mom and my grandma's. And so that's kind of like what got me into it. I was kind of trying to find myself in a way. And then after having plants for a while, I just wanted to share more of what I was learning. And so I decided it was a New Year's resolution. I was like, I'm going to do this for a year. And if I hate it, I can stop. But I need to post twice a week for a year. And I wish that I, I, th- I probably could go back and look at how I did in that first year, but I was like shocked by how well it went and people were just interested in plants. And I think that's why it was very successful, but it was a way for me to share what I was learning. And I love being in front of the camera. I have literally always been such a ham. I love performing. And so it was kind of my way of doing that as well. So yeah, that's pretty much where it started from. And I, I, I take more of like a Definitely like a vloggy, share my experience approach, but I also like breaking down information um, educationally because I do have a background in education and I find that that's, you know, that's one of my strong suits and I feel like I can articulate like an educator because I am one. So I think that gives my channel a little bit of an edge and makes it a little bit unique, which I think if you're going to start something online, you need to have something that makes you a little different and... I've just really leaned into that. And it's been so much fun. I just find it a lot of fun to like read those like dense articles and like break it down and make it palatable. Like very similar to your episodes, Maria, like how you take this like big concept and then break it down into small pieces. I really like doing that for my life. Yep. Yep. So that's kind of the heart behind what I do. I love it. Have you had the urge to learn a new language lately, plant friend? Maybe for an international trip, to connect with family or friends, or just to take up a new skill and exercise your mind a little bit? Io consiglio Rosetta Stone, which means I recommend Rosetta Stone in Italian as I just use it to brush up my Italian for a recent trip I took to Italy. Here's why I trusted Rosetta Stone with the task. They have been teaching millions of people to learn languages for 30 years and have 25 languages offered. The work on the app is fast. There's no messing around. There's no English translations. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language that you're learning. And the exercises are so fun and convenient. I would do it in the morning after I woke up with my coffee as a way to kind of wake up my body, wake up my brain. It was so fun. It's available on desktop or an app, so it's super convenient. One of the coolest things I was the most impressed by is the true accent feature that they have, which listens to you practicing and literally gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it almost kind of feels like you have a personal tutor for a price that's way cheaper than a tutor. And you get a lifetime membership, which gives you access to all 25 languages, which is amazing. So last year I used it to brush up on my Italian, but this year Billy and I are talking about going to Japan and we were thinking that we might use Rosetta Stone to learn Japanese. With one purchase, you get lifetime access to all the languages you could ever want to learn. 
And right now, Rosetta Stone is being offered to you for 50% off. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started with this limited time discount for Growing Joy with Plants listeners. You can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Hot take plant friends, there is no one right starter plant. There, I said it. And you know what? While I'm at it, there are also no real plant killers in the world. There are just people who have not figured out their right plants for their lifestyle. This is why I created the free Plant Parent Personality Test, because Plant Friend, I want you to get thriving alongside your houseplants as quickly as possible, so I made this cutie little Plant Parent Personality Quiz that's totally free for you on my website to take the guesswork out of building your plant collection effortlessly and joyfully. After speaking to thousands of members in our community, I realized that there are about five key plant parent personalities, each one with their unique set of strengths, weaknesses, and a unique set of plants that thrive under their care. For example, a mindful plant parent, someone who wants to engage with their plants daily, use them in their morning routines. If someone gifted that plant parent a succulent and they watered it every day, that succulent would die immediately. However... That drought-resistant succulent is a perfect match for a low-key plant parent, which is someone who travels, has kids, is busy, doesn't have time to engage with their plants every day. They're looking to engage with their plants more like once a week or once every couple of weeks. In addition, obviously, to understanding your light and basic plant care that we provide on this podcast, Happy Plant Parenthood is all about discovering your personality and then picking the right house plants to go with it. It's that simple. No more stressing over your collection. So what plant parent personality type are you, plant friend? All you got to do to find out is take my free quiz on my website and let me know. You can access it at growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality. After taking the test, you'll get an email with a list of plants, podcast episodes, and planty projects that I think would light you specifically up like a full spectrum grow light. So once again, that's growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality for your free plant parent personality test results. Let's talk about this friendship of yours. Where did this plant friendship bloom? Who met who first? Who wrangled a third person in? When was the first <laughs> meetup? Like, what is the what does this history look like? It's kind of funny because I feel like me and Adam should have met long before we did because we both kind of started around the same time. I also started January of 2019. And... Um, I I didn't know that he lived in Illinois. He lived in Illinois. And then my parents actually moved from Illinois out to Arizona, only like 20 minutes from his house that he moved to. So when he went out to Arizona is when we finally kind of connected via Instagram and was like, hey, we should meet up sometime I'm in Arizona because I would visit all the time. And I was like, wait, you were in Illinois before here? Like, why didn't we meet each other before? <laughs> but I think that Adam and Becca met first, right? No, you and Becca met at uh, the Botanical Garden. Oh, uh-huh. so me and Becca met first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we chatted quite a bit on Instagram about YouTube. Like we'd ask each other questions yes. and technical support a lot of the times. Like because we were both using yes. iMovie at the time as well. So we were like, "What the heck is this? How do you do this?" And yeah, that's how we connected initially. And then we we met up because you were coming down to Arizona. 
so often. And then one of the times you came down, we met up at a local nursery in Tucson. And I will never forget. <laughs> Nicole was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to the – it was in May, I think, and I was teaching, so I couldn't yes. see her until – like after, like late afternoon. So she's like, oh, that's fine. I'm just going to go to the botanical gardens and like walk around. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you do that. <laughs> and it was then, like 110 degrees. Right. So hot. Yeah. She so rolls bad. up like red face. I'm like, are you okay? Like it's hot. <laughs> it's really hot. Okay. So it's I really felt like the plant swap that um, Adam, Adam and Becca met at a plant swap and I swore that was before we met, but I guess I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah, you are wrong. So I, <laughs> when, yeah, I don't know what the timeline on the plant swap was though. In end of July, 2019, I had just moved to Arizona recently and Beck and I met up at this plant swap, but before that we were all kind of communicating and discussing things with, with people, uh, with each other. And then, I think it was Nicole who proposed our first YouTube collaboration because I distinctly remember I was going to Barnes and Noble because I was just like in a little article for Wire magazine about houseplants and how it is supposed to be better for everyone's mental health. And so I was going to buy that magazine because I wanted to read the article and I got a <laughs> DM from uh, Nicole that put us all in a group chat and was like, Hey, we, I'm going to be there at this time. We should do a video. And then we did that video in 2019 towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was November. When you were all in Arizona. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was you all being in the same place that kind of instigated taking that Instagram relationship off and making it official in person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that we did a ton of chatting online even before that, the three of us together. Because, like, when Adam and I met for the first time, like, we were both, like, really awkward and, like, didn't want to – like, we wanted to be friends really bad, but we didn't want to annoy each other. So we were, like – I'm going to keep my distance and like, let him do his thing. But I was like, I only want to hang out with Adam. Like, <laughs> that, Yeah, that's so, how I felt too. But then I was like, well, maybe she doesn't want to hang out with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Nicole has been like the catalyst to like make things happen. Because honestly, if it was up to Adam and I, we, we would have been in that limbo for like years because we're both yeah. like, don't want to bother someone. <laughs> I love it. But Nicole's like, So Nicole's the this. alpha. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. Every group of friends needs an alpha that's just going to like handle it. And Nicole, I'm I'm in your boat, girl. I'm I'm always that one, that person who's like, I'll just make the reservation. Who needs, you know, yeah. who, I got a call, you know. Yeah. I'll book the ticket. That's funny. Yeah. So you started with that in that YouTube collaboration. That's kind of where you solidified. You met up in person. Obviously, meeting in person sparked something that how do you maintain your friendship? What was the next step that had you guys think about actually starting a podcast together? I think <clears throat> I don't know if you guys want to chime I in. I have no I do I, not remember I was, at all. I'm like, I wish I could look back. <laughs> I re- kind of remember. I remember us recording because when we met up, it was a it was an all-day thing. I think we met up like midday. Becca ended up not leaving until like eight or nine o'clock to drive back home. And she had like a two-hour drive down to Tucson from where we're at, just right outside of Phoenix. And I remember us saying like it was so it was such a a nice experience because we recorded three videos and it didn't even really feel like that. Like it felt like we had been friends for a really long time. And it was short after that that we were like, hey, we should 
we should start a podcast. I mean, we st- we talked about it, I think, in 2020, because we had another meetup in like March of 2020, right before the pandemic. And uh, we talked about starting a podcast. And I'm so happy that we did because, I mean, that was just so much fun to talk about that and to start that together. I feel like that's how some a lot of podcasts get started when there are co-hosts. They're like talking and they they love their group dynamic and they're like, we should start a podcast together. But it's also impressive that you actually started it and have <laughs> continued growing it because <laughs> they're yeah. a lot harder than people think they are. <laughs> they are. They do. They do present their own challenges. But um, I think each of us kind of had a little bit of a following on from YouTube and stuff, and then people really loved our dynamic together. And so that really helped us uh, get over that fear of like, well, at least for me, that fear of like, oh, no one's going to care about this. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. also, it's just so much easier to be so more more real on a podcast than it is on like YouTube videos. I don't know how to explain it, but you definitely get us on the podcast like how we are in like IRL, like what if we were sitting down to dinner, like that's exactly how we are on the podcast. Yeah, I think there's an intimacy in podcasting that that you don't experience elsewhere because most people consume in only audio format. So they're you're it, you're literally in their ears. You're like in their earbuds. And I think YouTube videos, the pressure for and this is kind of why I petered out on YouTube. I I guess it makes sense as I started as a podcaster, like the video quality, the pressure for the video quality to be so good and the like editing to be so good because there are so many incredible videographers on YouTube now that like the stakes are higher. So you do need to have this kind of elevated approach to it. So it's interesting that the podcast is kind of an outlet. And I would assume, you know, your devote YouTuber, YouTube followers probably love that insight. I also feel like another difference between YouTube and podcasting I've noticed is with YouTube, like you get this immediate feedback with every single video that you post because people can comment on the videos. So you're getting that feedback and that interaction with your viewers that you don't get with a podcast. Like the best thing that you get with a podcast is if someone leaves a review and the review is like very general of the podcast, you know, you don't get that immediate feedback of like, oh, this one really performed well, this didn't. I mean, you can have look at downloads, but that's, it's, it's totally different. It's a totally different experience. Yeah. Adam, I want to bounce back to you. So I really, what I've loved about the three of you And what I've seen in the community of plant parents is that, you know, we've all been at this now for a couple of years and we've all kind of gone through it at some point. We've all been through this pandemic. So we've had highs and lows with our plants for more than one season. I kind of feel like you're a plant parent when you've gone through a full year, experienced four seasons with your plants because there's so much that that can change, you know, Mm -hmm. and you all have kind of addressed these phases of plant parenthood that you've gone through. And I think it's so important to talk about because people who maybe just got into plants in the pandemic feel like they have to be defined by, I do this, or my plant collection looks like this, or my um, plant number is this. But I think all four of us have gone through tremendous ebbs and flows of seasons of what our collections have looked like and what our interests look like. So, you know, Adam, let's start with you. You mentioned that you had started your YouTube channel as a macrame account. It wasn't even a plant account. So in the last couple of years, like how have your passions for plants ebbed and flowed and what has that kind of evolution look like for you? 
Oh, it's been a, it's been a weird evolution. I, I look back to like an image that I took when I was moving to Arizona and I put all of my plants on the floor and I laid in the middle of them Mm. and I'm like, absolutely none of those are still here. I mean, there might be a few, (laughs) um, because I was in Illinois. It was the, I want to say like the semi hoarding part of my plant collecting where I was just buying everything new that I saw at the big box stores. And they don't survive in the desert. So I very quickly kind of when I moved to Arizona realized that the plants that I had previously had were going to need a lot more care than I was willing to provide mentally and physically. So the ones that were kind of sticking around, I noticed that I had some Hoya that were just thriving and I was like, okay, so then I just got more Hoya. And then my collection slowly moved from like aeroids and tropicals over to Hoya. But I've still had those moments where I feel so incredibly overwhelmed because plants brought me so much joy at the beginning, but then it can quickly turn into being very overwhelmed. And a lot like relationships, you know, you don't have the same feelings yet. We both, people grow and change. Um, and it's not always a bad thing, but you just got to find new ways to just like create that spark again, new hobbies or new ways to just like spice it up. I don't want to say spice it up because I'm not saying anything dirty, just like Create that Go spark. for it. Spice it up. Spice it up. Spicy. And um, so I feel like I have done that with my plant collection and Hoyas have been like my passion. I just love them. They, they're very like easy to take care of. They can handle when I just don't want to do anything for weeks on end sometimes. And yeah, I find new ways to just appreciate them, which just goes with like, finding ways to like, oh, I can propagate them. I can start selling. I joined my friend Lydia in her shop, the green plant. Um, So we sell Hoyas now, which is so much fun. So it's just like, it's a big cycle and you're right. Like everyone goes through it, the ebbs and flows and you just gotta, sometimes when it's a low, you kind of just want to give up. But again, you just got to find something that reignites that in you. Yeah. And trust, trust the process and trust that, you know, every plant comes into your life for a lesson, just like everything, every, every experience you have, you know, comes for with a lesson. And it's interesting, you know, before we recorded, I was telling you guys a little bit about my new baby bird, Frankie, but it's been so interesting because I'm a novice again with birds. I had to take a lot, like a budgie course. I am like watching all of these YouTubers about budgies and parakeets because I'm like rapidly learning about how to make sure that I'm caring for this thing. And it's reminded me so much of that original passion for plants. And in a weird way, it's reinvigorated my passion for plants because I feel like even just connecting to this spark that I feel about this bird has like reminded me that, oh my God, I used to feel like this with my plants. And yeah, obviously that new shiny feeling that, you know, new dopamine release is going to, the, is going to simmer. Like that's very natural for you to kind of go through these phases, but it's, it's been really interesting. Yeah. Nicole, how have you, how, what have your different seasons of plant parenthood look like? Oh man. I was actually looking back at some of my old videos to try to get some ideas for some new videos. And I just from starting my YouTube channel and the way I recorded. Like I started recording on my iPhone. I didn't even have a camera to record with. I mean, I'm a wedding photographer, but it's more for still portraits than video. It's not an actual video camera. 
And like just that process has changed so dramatically in the way I record my videos. But with my plant collection, I feel like when I first started, it was I, it was kind of similar to Adam. Like I was just consuming all of these plants and wanting to keep up with the trendy plants or, you know, watching a bunch of videos and seeing what people were unboxing and running to the store and seeing if I can find it. And now I feel like my videos have took a turn where I'm more kind of documenting my days and how I care for my plants. So a little bit more of a vloggy style and just being content with my collection that I have now, you know, just showing how I care for my collection and how I, I, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you what's trending right now, to be honest, because I just, I don't even really watch plant YouTube anymore. I'm just taking care of my own collection and really trying to circle back to the plants that I have that I love, that I've loved for years. And being content with that, which is a big change from when I started, I think. Okay, hear me out. We take so much time thinking about the quality of soil that we put our plants in, but what about our figurative soil for our bodies, for our spirits, right? We spend like a third of our life in bed, plant friends, and sleep is foundational for optimum health. So why are we sleeping in sheets that we've had for like 10 years, right? Our sheets, our bedding should reflect the fact that we need to value our sleep. Cozy Earth sheets were named one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018. Their best-selling bamboo sheet set is temperature-regulating and incredibly soft. Plant friends, I can't even describe with words the incredible, silky feeling of these bamboo sheets by Cozy Earth. Billy and I have been sleeping in them for the last two months. I mean, don't worry, we wash them. But yes, we've had our cozy earth sheets for over two months now. We will never go back. I like them so much. I actually ordered a second pair and paid for the second pair. They gifted me the first pair so I could test them for you. And this is why I'm not going to lie. I'm a sweaty sleeper. I run hot. Okay. And it's annoying for my partner. And these sheets not only feel like silk, like when you slide into them at the end of the day, it is, it feels like luxury, but they're actually temperature regulated. It's a bamboo sheet set made from hundred percent premium viscose from bamboo. They're temperature regulating and they are the softest sheets ever. They're softer than any hotel sheets I've even ever tried. They are so good. Plus, they have a lengthy warranty, and Cozy Earth also makes like everything you need for bedding in addition to sheets from luxury pillows, blankets, and even pajamas. And plant friends, this is wild, but Cozy Earth is offering us 35% off site-wide. 35, 35% off site-wide using the code GROWINGJOY at CozyEarth.com. So go to CozyEarth.com, pick yourself out a set of bamboo sheets, you will not be disappointed, and then use the code GROWINGJOY for 35% off those sheets. You will not regret it. Houseplant parents, if you are in search of potting mix or fertilizer for your beloved houseplants, Espoma Organic has the products for you. Espoma is a 90-year-old family-owned and operated company dedicated to making safe indoor and outdoor gardening products for people, pets, and the planet. Today's episode is all about houseplant appreciation, and my houseplants have appreciated the high-quality potting mixes by Espoma that I've been planting them in for years. Espoma has literally every type of potting mix you could need for any type of plant that you're planting up in your plant collection. 
You can pot your succulents and your cacti in their cactus mix. You could pot up your tropical houseplants in their general potting mix. They've got an orchid mix for orchids, a bonsai mix for bonsai. And if you want to get fancy for aeroids that like a chunkier soil, if you like to kind of make your own soil mixes, I just take the orchid mix and I mix it with their potting mix for a chunkier aeroid mix. But the first Espoma product I ever used actually wasn't their potting mix. It was their indoor houseplant liquid plant food. I got it at a plant swap. I tried it out and I was so hooked because fertilizing can get kind of intimidating. When there's crystals involved, you have to dissolve them in water. It's like so messy. It gets all over the place. The Espoma liquid houseplant food is so easy. You literally just pour it into your watering can. No muss, no fuss, and it's all natural. And to top it all off, Espoma has a huge sustainability commitment with a 100% solar-powered plant, zero-waste manufacturing, and eco-friendly packaging. To learn more about Espoma's indoor and outdoor products, visit espoma.com to see where your local Espoma dealers are, or you can click the link in the show notes to go to my Espoma Amazon storefront for a curated list of my favorite Espoma products. I feel like that's so relatable. So many people go through that of that like yeah. thirst of like, God, I've I've got to have it look like everyone else's. And then that realization of no, actually, I want it to be exactly mine and nothing else. Like if I want it to bring me joy and I want it to like work for me instead of work for it, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. What about you, Becca? Mm, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about my journey in like the long term, because like well, I'm from Arizona, my, my collection started in Arizona and Arizona, when I started, did not have like a big selection of houseplants. Um, now it, when I go shopping there, there's definitely more variety, but I mean, in the beginning it was just not, and not a great place to ship plants to because it's so hot to begin with. But my collection started really, really basic. I mean, as most people's does. And then I went into this big phase of like, I want only rare things. I want like all the anthurium. I want all of these, yeah, all these fancy plants. And I've been going through and logging all of my plants in my notion. I'm realizing that like my collection is made up of a lot of those plants still, but it's really evolved. And like the plants that I've had the longest are the basic ones that are just so easy to care for. And so as time has gone on and I've moved to Missouri, so the plant selection is way better. It's, you know, it feels like the tropics in the summertime, like it's really great. But I've noticed that I'm just gravitating more towards the basic plants, the ones that just fill green space and aren't necessarily all stars. Like I don't need to have a house full of front runners. I want to have a few front runners and then like space fillers that I love, but like, I just like the feeling of being engulfed in greenery and my collection is now much more reflective of that. I think that's what I always wanted, but I was also very hooked on the trends and as most people are, but now I'm like, I just went plant shopping, like right before we started recording and I got like three spider plants. I'm like, this is the best. I love these plants. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, not something that like a couple of years ago, I would have even wasted my time and energy on. Cause I'm like, well, I could, you know, get these three spider plants or I could get this crazy anthurium that everybody wants that I'm like, okay with. But, um, 
So yeah, I think just like honing in on like what I actually like has been really helpful for me and in, informative of my purchases. And yeah, that's kind of how I've evolved, just like actually figuring out what I like. Yeah. I think there's a reason why, you know, I have a whole bookshelf of vintage plant books uh, that I like collect at old resell, you know, resell shops for like a dollar. And I feel like there's a reason that, you know, those plant books from the 70s all have monstera, snake plants, ZZ plants, uh, spider plants. Like they're all talking about the plants that their grandparents used to care for. Like there's a reason why these plants never go out of style. Like the monstera never goes out of style, you know, African mm-hmm. violets, like those kind of just like tried and true, amazing, like affordable plants. But it's interesting, you know, you all have YouTubes. We all have to be on social media to you know, for our jobs, like to promote our shows, to be on YouTube, to be on, you know, you got to be, you got to be nationwide. You got to be on all these different socials now. But the pressure that comes along with that, right? Like, especially in the height of plant tube and the height of plantstagram, you're just, how, how are you not, like, how can you not be affected by the fact that all of these people are talking about rare plants and, you know, you wanting to stay relevant and stay, you know, current and, oh, if that person's video about Raphidophora tetrasperma when it used to be hard to get did really well, like, then I guess I have to get one because I should make a video about it. You know, there's this like weird, weird pressure. We, I, I wanted to ask you guys, I was thinking it would be fun trending plants. So since we've talked about trending plants, what's a trendy plant that you bought and spent money on that you regret and a trending plant that you like hundred percent would do it again? Uh, that's a, that's kind of a tough one. I feel like a plant that I, that was trending that I purchased was my Florida. It's not the Florida beauty, so it's not even the trendiest of the Floridas. But I don't necessarily think that it's like I wouldn't do it again, but I don't think that it's worth the hype. Like I don't, it's just, it's a whatever plant for me. But the one that I purchased that I absolutely love, that's probably not even trending anymore because if you know me, you know that I'm not up with the trends. <laughs> I'm always late to the game. So when I finally when I finally caught up to the trend, I'd say my my gloriosum. I purchase a million of them. They're so easy. They're so beautiful for me. And um, yeah, I love them. I don't know if you can, they're back there. <laughs> yeah, those gloriosum are uh, prehistoric. There is just they give a vibe that yeah any home like any jungle home I feel like would want for sure. Those are so so the, for you they're easy to take care of. Yeah. And I have one that's in soil, De La Tanks soil, and another one that's in pond. And they're both doing beautifully. Like, I really can't tell at this point which one is happier. So wow, they're just, they're pretty easy. I love that. Hot tips. Okay. This is great. What about you, Adam? I would say one of the ones that I was trendy that I regret was my Hoya Carnosa Grey Ghost. Sorry, Nicole. Okay. Um, I had one before <laughs> and it died pretty quickly. It did, did nothing. And then Nicole gave me a cutting, which also died. So I was just like, I am just over this plant. Uh, and one that I'm really <laughs> grateful for is my Monstera Thai Constellation. Although... <gasps> I'm at an impasse with it because it's getting so big that I don't know what I'm going to do with it because the real estate that that plant takes up is like yeah. an entire window. Yeah. Um, do you want to get make me a cutting? 
<laughs> yes. I mean, I Everyone honestly don't even know how Can I, I take right a chunk of that off your hands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you all my address. But um, that was actually one of my first YouTube videos where I was like, I'm going to do an import, which I knew nothing about. And I got the mm. Thai Constellation for like $35. And it was kind no. of trending in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but since it was coming from an import, it was it was cheaper. And it just like thrives now. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Monstera, I just think any Monstera is just un- not underrated because they're so they're they're obviously everywhere, but they're just the best plant ever. Yeah. I would assume the Thai constellation, since it's variegated, probably needs a little bit more. Does it need a little bit more TLC or it's hardy like a normal Monstera is? Girl, no, it is hardy. Like I, yeah. that thing, I just, I let that thing go so dry and I'm like, oh, she's looking rough. And I just give her a big drink and she's like, oh, we're back, you know. Perks right back and you're up, in Arizona. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're super dry too. Yeah. 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 No issues. No issues whatsoever with that one. In Arizona, do you do humidifiers with your Hoya or you just, you're just dry? No, I'm, I'm, I'm dry. If you can't hang in this, then you're not for me. Cause I'm not filling humidifiers every day. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the size of your collection too. I've been using a humidifier in my office, uh, cause I basically use it as a d- essential oil diffuser, but now with my bird, I can't do essential oils anymore, but I was looking at my, it's 16% humidity in my office right now. Yeah, that's good not old good. Winter. Even for a human, I feel like sixteen percent feels really aggressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I love that. Okay, so so far worth investment, gloriosum and Thai constellation. What about you, Becca? Mm. So, okay on the on the trendy side that I regret, I'll say the variegated alocasia, like the elephant, the variegated elephant ear, and this is a. I have a personal vendetta, or they have a vendetta against me. I'm not sure which, but um, the first time I ever saw one was in Florida at a Lowe's, and I snatched it up. I was like, I don't know how I'm getting this home. I flew to Florida, but it's coming home with me. And shortly after I got it, and this was early in my collecting, I think this was in like March 2019, I think. Yeah, it had to be March 2019. So I didn't know about pests, or I I did, but I was in denial. So I did not know what was going on with the plant, but I knew that it had something. And I was like, I'm not going to jeopardize my entire collection. So it just kind of went outside and then it passed away. And then now that I have more experience under my belt, I bought it again Literally within a week, it was gone. And I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> so that one, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, you know? So yeah. I'm like, this plant yeah. is done for me. <laughs> it's beautiful, but it just needs too much. It's too pest prone. It's just not worth it for me personally. But the one that was really worth it for me, the, well, the first one that came to mind was the Pilea peperomioides, which at this point should be given away for free with how prolific it is. Like, I can't imagine a world where it was an expensive plant, but it was a couple of years ago. So 60 bucks uh, for was, like a four inch pot. Yes, exactly. And it was extremely trendy. So that's the first one that came to mind. And I think it's, well, now it's not expensive, but it's worth it. It's so prolific. It, it's like the pothos of like a little bit more unique looking plants. Like it, 
it just regrows babies all the time and it just takes on really cool shapes. It's just, I think it's really cool. I love that. And I feel like friendship is so important to you. And the fact that that is a friendship plant, I kind of love too. Yes. Yeah. So easy to share. Yeah. So easy to share. Um, that's how I made most of my plant friends when I started out was Pilea, Peperomioides, cuttings. For me, any alocasia I ever bought, I've killed. And I went through this embarrassing moment where when I moved to the country, I was living with my parents for a while. So I had to reduce my plant collection. And I remember moving to the country and like publicly stating on my podcast, like, I'm going to grow my plant collection. I'm ready to party. And I'm really interested in alocasia and anthurium. And I did an episode on anthurium. I did an episode on alocasia. I kept talking about how much I love these these plants. And every time I brought one home, it they it just it was not meant to be. And so I, you know, and I don't spend a lot of money on plants because I buy, you know, I either get cuttings or I, you know, get monstera. Like I get easy easy to buy plants. And I spent some money on some of these alocasia, and I just I didn't have it in me to to have them thrive. Also, like my home is 16% humidity. Like an alocasia is just, that's not their best life. No. So for yeah. me personally, alocasia is definitely, and also like very publicly just had to go, go through that learning curve. And then I feel like a trendy plant that I think should never go out of style is the Raphidophora tetrasperma. It is such a freaking hardy plant. It grows so vigorously. It roots so easily. It's another plant that's so easy to take cuttings and it looks so cool. It's like, it looks so cool next to a monstera. It's got that different leaf shape. It's got its fenestrations, but like does its own thing. And Raffi is definitely like one of Raffi, my Raffidophora is definitely like one of my treasured houseplants. So the next, speaking of treasured houseplants, the next question I want to ask you is if you could only keep one of your houseplants... Everything oh. else has to just magically disappear. What? Which one would you pick? Man. And if you have to give me a tie, I'll take it. But two <laughs> is the most. Oh my that is God. so hard because I'm a, I feel like I'm a sentimental plant person now in this, in this stage of my plant collecting. Like I've gone to different states. I've gotten cacti from different states. I've gotten cuttings from friends. But if I had to pick one, it would have to be the plant that I started with, which was which would be my donkey tail. It's a succulent. It's basic. You can get it in any store here, probably anywhere. It's so cheap. But like that thing holds so much sentimental value. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been with me since before I started my my YouTube channel and before I even started watching YouTube. So I'd have to do that. But that would be a sad day. Yeah, super sad. Yeah, it needs to be like, <laughs> We know that the plants are going somewhere positive, that it's okay, a good, good experience. But it's like if you had to – it doesn't mean all the other plants have to die. But it's okay. like if you – I feel better now. You know, like your desert <laughs> island meal or what – you know, I don't know. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, Becca, what about you? I would say probably my Hoya Compacta variegata. It's very big and I it's one of the plants that has like taught me so much about perseverance and like just – waiting it out. Like I don't tend to have Hoya that grow like amazingly, which is ironic because Adam is Adam. So I, yeah, I just, it's like the plant I'm most proud of. It's amazing. It's gorgeous. You don't really see them that big. So, I mean, 
Yeah, no. that's like part of it. Yeah. Uh, but I bought it when it, it was so small. It, I bought it on my like uh, my last hurrah, my last solo hurrah um, wedding, like pre-wedding trip. I did like a solo trip to California where I met Maria. And just that trip meant so much to me to like have this reminder like, oh, I'm getting married, but I can still be independent. So it kind of reminds me of that mindset of me being young. And in love, but still wanting to like <laughs> hold on to who I am. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's your like independent lady plant. Exactly. That's so funny. That's so cute. Is the variegata, does the new growth still come in pink? Yeah. If if it's getting a lot of sun, it, it will. But I mean, the new growth on mine, it, it usually just comes in looking normal. Because it's, I mean, it's getting a lot of sun, but not like that much to get it like stressed. Mm-hmm. I have one underneath my grow light and it come. my new growth is coming in pink. But I, it, like Becca said, it's probably because it's getting all, a ton of light. So yeah. beautiful. I love it. Um, okay, yeah. Adam, what about you? Which Hoya would be the one that you couldn't part with? <laughs> oh, man. There is a huge... Air, it's an heirloom carnosa. And the reason they're called heirloom carnosa is not because it's, it's a cultivar, but it's because it's been passed down or it's huge. And I got it. It was probably my first Hoya that I got from one of my sister's roommates. They just left it at her house. And my family was like, you like plants, take this. And it was my first Hoya. And it is a beast. It has broke the bamboo trellis that it's on. So now it's currently leaning up against the wall to support it. But I would have to save that one because it's it's sentimental. It was like my first Hoya. It came from a family member. So yeah, you're the, also you're the Hoya king, but you're also the trellis king. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your all of your trellises are so amazing. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I well, it was out of necessity because I was like, um, I ain't got any more room, so yeah. these need to go up. <laughs> Gotta start training these dangling. puppies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. What about you? I think mine would have to be. I'm totally in your boat, Nicole. Like I'm so sentimental. And it's funny when we left New York City and we halved my plant collection, when I went through our plant collection with my husband, like it was not the fancy plants. It was the little plants that are the little, you know, memories for us. I think I'm at a tie. Billy, you know, and we've done multiple episodes on this, but Billy took a minute to warm to this plant hobby of mine. And, you know, one of, you know, he did an episode on like 10 tips for living with a crazy plant lady. Like he's definitely (laughs) had, had to come into it. And the first plant he bought me was a fiddly fig tree stem cut tip cutting. So it was really small, but we named it Figaro. And, uh, cause you know, we both have operatic backgrounds and it's grown into this little tree, But Figaro is like our child, like it's our first kind of joint (laughs) plant, which is really special. And then um, my first Monstera, I got at one of Summer Rain Oaks's first plant swaps that she hosted in New York, and it just felt so special. I wanted a Monstera. I saw it. I remember like being so nervous when I approached the owner. We like negotiated. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I got it as this unfenestrated juvenile cutting, and now it's in this eight-inch pod, and it's huge, and it's got huge, you know, epically mon- uh, fenestrated leaves. Nice. And so, yeah, it's definitely like a testament. It, I feel like it's grown alongside me, which has been really nice. That's sweet. I'm curious, has your approach to plant care changed in these different seasons of life? I would say for sure, for me. I remember when I first started out, it was a 
very tight schedule. And I would check on my plants every single day. And I mean, I still look at my plants every day, but I kind of remember and know when I first started, I had a list. I had a time of the day where I would be like, okay, I need to go through all my plants. I was doing the finger tests on all of them every single day. Like I didn't know what they needed then. And now it's like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I watered that one two weeks ago. It's fine. It could go another couple days. Yeah. Um, I still have days where I'm like, okay, today's a plant care day, but it's not so militant, I guess. And it's just more kind of when I feel like I'm in the right mental space to really care for all of my plants. That's when I do it. And it's just a more relaxed environment, I think now. I love that. I can definitely relate. (laughs) I agree with Nicole. And I think there's an added layer of stress to plant care when you do film your life because you're like, oh, shoot well, I don't want to do that because I want to film it. So then things get kind of pushed off a little bit. Oh my God, yes. Unfortunately, I fall into that all the time. Like, oh, I I, I need a, a video for next week, but I really just want to do this plant tour alone. So it's kind of some sort of like a lot of the time I'll just do things quickly, but I can feel myself like limiting that natural flow because I'm thinking to myself, oh, I should film this. And so- learning how to have a relationship with your plants outside of filming them, which sounds kind of weird, but like that's been a... No, it's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I still haven't figured out that balance. And like a lot of the time my plants get neglected far longer than they should because I'm like, well, I haven't showered or I haven't washed my hair in a week, let's say. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not filming. <laughs> so the plants don't get watered until I feel like washing my hair. So it's just like a whole thing. <laughs> it was very relatable. Yeah. Very relatable. Yeah. <laughs> just bring them into the sh- bring them into the shower with you. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. While you're washing that's, that hair, just like, keep rotating the plants. <laughs> exactly, and the camera set up like with a blur or something. Like, you know, swimsuit. <laughs> put a swimsuit on, like. It's my OnlyFans. My only plants. That I was just gonna say that might do really well on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> Make you yes some nice what? money. Make you some retirement money That's on right. OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my plant care routine has changed drastically in part because of this podcast, because um you had Kay from Inrooted Love on like early mm-hmm. on and she talked mm-hmm. about hydroponics and I was like, What is this? This sounds geeky and I love it. And I convert I'm basically like I would say 95% in pond or LECA, like semi-hydro, passive hydro. Wow. And um, it's because there's like a little bit of geekiness with it that you can really dive in and, and dial it in and dial in your plant care, which I love. But also there's a lot more. It's To me, it feels a lot more forgiving as far as, um, you know, I went on a 10-day vacation. I took care of all my plants before I left and they were all fine when I got back. I'm not great at organization, So knowing which plants I've watered when, keeping a track, staying on schedule, that's not my thing. So with with the Leka, like in the pond, I can very clearly see like, oh, this needs water, this doesn't kind of thing. So yeah, and I love it. I I wouldn't have it any other way. I I do love pond. That's interesting too, that pond and semi-hydro or passive hydroponics, however people like to refer to it, is actually what continued your spark about your plants. So it wasn't the plants, but it's the new information that you get to learn and this new kind of practice of, you know, nerdiness, which I think for people who might be struggling with burnout, you know, finding some element of 
the plant care that maybe isn't the plants or bringing new plants home, but just figuring out something that you can kind of tweak just to kind of have it feel fresh again is really nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I love that. Do you feel like there have been any side effects that have resulted from plant parenthood that you didn't necessarily anticipate? Like when you go into plants as a hobby, you know, you're going to fill your home with plants, you know, you might get bugs, you know, you might, you know, there's a lot of uh, anticipated side effects, but anything that's been a surprise? I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's been such a learning curve, but I feel like what Becca said, some level of anxiety, especially not only necessarily on the creator side, but just being busy with life in general and then finding you have a pest outbreak. I wasn't expecting when I first started collecting plants that plants would actually bring me the anxiety that it does sometimes. So just kind of taking a step back and knowing that plants are so forgiving and take care of yourself first before you take care of your plants is a key (laughs) to making it through. (laughs) Definitely. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 I think something... Oh, something unexpected was that plants would be a sort of like indoor plants would be a gateway to outdoor plants. For me personally, I think a lot of people figured it out like the reverse way. But I mean, again, I lived in Arizona. Landscaping is really not too big of a thing. Uh, you know, you're not going to have hydrangea growing in your front yard <laughs> if you're responsible, at least. But it, <laughs> yeah. it just... Yeah, they kind of, the, a side effect was that it just made me realize that there's so much out there nature-wise that I just had no idea about. And like the healing properties of plants and like the, I don't know, like how they're very therapeutic, like it's a calming thing to take care of something that can't necessarily speak to you and like tell you its needs. You kind of just have to listen to it. And that's how like all of nature is really like we we can't speak to nature but we just have to hone in our other senses and like really listen and pay attention like that has been so good for me personally just to like slow down and listen mhm yeah just the act of like slowing down to like just water your plants like you can't rush watering or you're going to get water all over your home you know and yeah that's a beautiful gift for sure what about you, Adam? Um, for me, a side effect that I was not expecting, I think I'm, I'm going to go towards more of like the community because this friendship between Becca, Nicole, and I means so much to me. And it would have never happened without plants. And I also mm-hmm. like moved to Arizona at a very like hard and difficult time in my life. And before that, I was collecting plants and I was active on Instagram. It wasn't like anything big. But when I moved to Arizona, I already had a community here of people that I had met online through the plant community. And I went to a plant swap and then we continued to stay friends. So it was like I was, it was setting up this little like pocket of, of community for me when I was all alone. So it was, it's something that's really special. I think that this community has brought to me, but also like a lot of other people is like, we have this hobby that we're so passionate about, but through that, we also meet these amazing people who also like uplift our life. You know, it's, it's very special. Mm -hmm. That is so beautiful. Yeah. I totally relate. Like when I moved, when Billy and I moved to our second house in the Catskills, we moved to a town where we literally didn't know one person. And We didn't have a garden club, but I made friends like going to local garden lectures and I went to the local plant shops and like 
try to hit people up to be my friend there. Like it was, you know, (laughs) using, I made multiple friends up here through like this one girl I made friends with because she loved dahlias and she gave me dahlias and I gave her sunflowers. And like, Mm. you know, I, I do feel like there is that instant connection when you meet another plant person that kind of makes adult friendship so much easier. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you can't really understand until you experience it because people, it sounds so crazy and it sounds so dramatic, but it's not like, it's so true. I mean, you guys are a living testament to that, right? Yeah. Yep. A big part of why our friendship has flourished is because we, obviously we connect on plants, but then like we started hanging out and like, we can talk about other things too. And yeah. I think any, yeah. Any like initial plant friendship I've made that extended into like real life has been because of that. Like we can chat about business or just like life, or maybe we have another hobby that we share too. But like there's only so far you can get just talking about plants. And like I, I'm a not, not to like sound weird, but I'm a little bit of a deep person. Like I want to know your life story. I want to know like why you are the way you are. And I want you to know that about me. And I just want to connect with people. And it can be hard to make friends when you're a person like that. But it's just like, I don't know. I feel like plant people, when you can get to that next level, that's like the sweet spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for I sure. appreciate your love of the Pilea pepperomioides, but tell me about your relationship with your mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, like, what's yeah. your childhood trauma? <laughs> yeah, what's your childhood? Let's trade. Tra- let's trade. Tra- let's trauma bond. Um, yeah, I totally, totally get that. Um, yes. Yeah, that's so funny. So, speaking about plant community, do you feel like the online plant community has changed? And I don't know if this is more tea than, you know, I'd love your honest opinion, but obviously plants got so popular in the pandemic. Like what, what are your feelings about the online plant community and how that has ebbed and flowed and grown? Well, I'm kind of happy that all the original OGs are still around, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still watch summer, but I think that... I think it has changed, but I think it's changed for the better for the most part. I mean, I do remember a time where there was a little bit of drama here and there that I tried to avoid. But, you know, there's so many more plant creators out there now. And I think that, you know, it could have possibly been the pandemic that did that. You know, everybody was stuck at home watching YouTube thinking like, hey, I have something to give to this community too. And that's amazing. Like there's so many people now on the internet in the plant community that it's just blown up and expanded so much. And I think that that's great because it does allow for more information, more people's perspectives on growing plants and how they care for their collections. And then also just more opportunities to meet new people and make more friendships. Yeah. And I do think there there have definitely been some major changes, um, but I think that the longevity of it, the people who are here, mm, I mean, I don't want to say this because I don't want it to be, be taken any kind of way, but basically like, you know where people, where people's hearts are by like, if they kind of stay in it, like, because I feel like there was a moment in the pandemic when plant prices were going so high because we were all struggling, not that that's even over yet, but like, we went through a very traumatic experience as a collective nation and world and people kind of like 
latched onto plants. And then you saw the ugly come out of that. You saw the people that are like, oh, I have snake oil in here. You can have it and I'll take all your money kind of thing. And then that's kind of fading. And then you have people who have just kind of like stuck through those seasons, I think. And where their heart's at is the plants, not the clout. Yeah. 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 I think too, because the point you make about the pandemic where all of a sudden it felt like everybody was a plant fluencer, but also I think there was fear around like security, like people lost jobs and they felt, I mean, I literally lost my job and went, took this full time. So who am I to say this? But um, (laughs) people out of fear, I felt like were like, oh, I'm in a bad position. So I need to make this work for myself instead of like focused on serving other people. And I think it's very obvious when you find a new account, if they're serving others or if they're serving themselves from an energetic standpoint. And I think, Adam, like the longevity, the people who can make it through are the people who have like their their eye on their audience and their viewers or listeners or whatever, and their passion for plants and not just like capitalizing on this like trendy thing. Yeah. That's, that's my two cents on it. What about you, Becca? Yeah, I... Literally just want to echo everything you guys just said, because that's something that I've noticed is like <laughs> with the like long term of what plants is looking like from now on, I think like the super hot trendy thing is kind of gone. And now what's left is people yeah. who their hearts were genuinely changed by plants. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely people out there who got like a huge collection during the pandemic or yeah, I guess during like the height of the pandemic And then now they've tapered off and they only have a couple, but they still have plants. It wasn't this thing where they got a ton and then they all died and they're done. And which honestly, I don't think should necessarily be villainized either. Not not that we're doing that, but like plants have helped people like heal through this like really scary and unprecedented time. So whether they had plants for a short period or a long period, I think we've all been kind of touched or a lot of people have been touched by plants. Um, and yeah, we did see a lot of ugly come out of that, which really stinks. And I, I'm glad that I kept my little circle kind of small and like focused on, it was like a tunnel vision, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. But Yeah, I've kind of lost my train of thought, but those are my thoughts. I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. (laughs) Yeah. There's that saying with friends that it's like, you know, people come into your life for like a reason for a season or for a lifetime. And I totally think that applies to plants. It's totally okay if you got into plants for one season and then you've fallen out of love with them. Like, whatever, live your life. Chase, like, you should be doing what works for you, you know? Yeah. Um, Maria, now I need you to sing For Good by from Wicked for us. Please. <laughs> because <laughs> I knew you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have been changed for good. Um, but, yeah, I think that's um, – <laughs> yeah, I think that's super easy, interesting. Okay, so we should wrap on a positive – um, not that that wasn't positive. Oh, wait, I did want to ask, have you found that plant tube, um, have have you found noticing in shifts? Like I've heard from the three of you that like, I mean, Becca, you kind of were always were vlogging, but like, it sounds like you are all kind of moving towards more of a vlog, care for my plants with me instead of these halls. Like you were saying that the halls are kind of not really popular anymore. Like what have you noticed in plant tube? Because I'm not really in plant tube, so... 
you know, I I dabble there, but you guys are like fully in there. So what what's your what's your trend forecasting in the world of plant tube for 2023 and 2024? Yeah. I I feel like I never I mean I I did watch my tiny circle of people that I loved on YouTube, but I feel like I didn't really get into any more YouTube channels. And then recently I went in and I was like, let's just see what's going on in the plant community, you know? And I did find that when I came across a video that was a plant haul or that was like an unboxing, I skipped it. Like I didn't want to watch it. And I found that me like gravitating to the vlogs and like care for my plants with me was more inspirational for me and what I wanted to see. And that's also what I feel like I've been recording lately. So yeah, I feel like that's, I saw more vlogging than I did like unboxing and plant hauls, which was so popular back in like 2019. I mean, it was all you could do to like get views on YouTube. I feel like Mm -hmm. at one point you had to be doing plant hauls or people weren't going to watch your videos. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I feel like the sentiment of overconsumption has been like a a big thing lately. I'm seeing it on TikTok a lot, like overconsumption, like de-influencing our lives and de-hauls. Yeah. De-influencing. Yeah. Exactly. Like anti-hauls and all of that. So I think that we, I mean, is anybody financially, like super financially stable right now? Like it almost feels like, I don't know, like watching people spend a lot of money is kind of just like out of touch, like putting that out. Like, I don't know, like you kind of have to look at where society is at any certain point and think like, is this going to be well-received that I'm buying like thousands of dollars of plants and posting that like uh when eggs are eight dollars a carton (laughs) yeah yeah i think that that that's a really good point yeah i think the economy really informs that kind of content and i think there's just like a new era of people being like why are you why do you even need all of that like which i think is a big reason why common plants are going to have a really big resurgence like for trend forecasting yeah like agreed the I bought like, I don't know, five or six plants right now for my plant wall. And it was like 50 bucks. I'm like, this is great. Like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. And Mm -hmm. so many lovely plants that I know that I'll have for years and years and years. And I'm not stressed about them. So I definitely think like just showing people your life and storytelling is a big part of capturing an audience and like having the ability to do that which does require a little bit more of you as a creator to in a way be more vulnerable and be actually good at storytelling. It's, it's hard. You have to like learn how to do that. So in a way there's kind of more expected of you in this new wave of plant content. Cause you can't just open a box and like, be like, wow, to get yes. those views. You have to like have a personality and be engaging, which is Right. You can't just drop a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to like show your personality. Like I feel like certain videos, I'm like, this is not showcasing my personality at all. Like I'm really goofy, but I'm so serious in this video. Like I just, it's weird to be really goofy when you're alone. So it's, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Becca, one, one thing I've started doing as a practice is because earlier you were saying, um, Sometimes you'll wait because you have to wash your hair like you didn't do your makeup that day. I yeah. am in the same boat with you. I won't make content because I live by myself. Like I live 
in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Like I never have to leave my house. Like I never, I'm in pajama pants right now. I put a shirt on for you guys. So for the <laughs> <Me video. too. laughs> um, I was like, hopefully so, I don't have to get up. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I don't have to get up. So I just like have started filming content like in my pajamas. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I'm not going to put makeup on for this. Like if I have to shoot content, like I'm just going to look, I'm just going to be wearing last night's mascara. Like it's just, yeah. this is how I'm going to do it. 100%. But also I tell myself that that's how the Gen Z's do it. You know, the Gen Z's aren't wearing their makeups on TikTok. <laughs> you know, this elder millennials like, well, those Gen Z's are onto something. They are just taking care of their skin and calling it a day and like wearing baggy shirts and calling it fashion. So I'm going to do that now. Yeah. 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 You know, me and my uh, love handles are glad that bagginess is coming back. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Same. Same. (laughs) There's been a few videos where I was like doing something and I started filming and later on I'm like, I'm in a robe. Like, is this weird? (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a robe. No, you're doing it exactly correct, Becca. You're exactly right. Well, I think that I think a big part of that, all of that is it's just very relatable. And I feel like on that same sentiment that the makeup community in and of itself has changed so dramatically. Yeah, totally. I used to watch a lot of makeup YouTube I don't do makeup. I don't know why I watch it. Don't ask me why. But it was just like dramatic looks, heavy on everything, foundation, eyeshadow. And now it's more natural. Like you said, people are just taking care of their skin. Less is more. And I'm all about that. I've always filmed in my pajamas and I'm it's just going to, I'm going to go down doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's so good. (laughs) I wanted to ask you guys one last question. Can we wrap with what's your favorite plant memory? Okay. I guess I'll go first. My favorite plant memory would probably be being in Arizona. My mom and my stepdad had a house in Arizona, like I mentioned before, but only for a short period of time. They moved back after the pandemic. And uh, now we all live together. And they had a amazing cactus. It's a um, fence post cactus in their front yard. And they got it when it was probably like, I don't know, the size of my forearm, but they had it in their landscape and it grew probably the size of me branched out with so many different branches. And I told my mom, I was like, you know, we have to bring a piece of this back to Chicago. So she sawed off like one of the arms and we still have it. And it is, it grows every summer. We put it outside and it's just, it's doing great. So I feel like that was kind of a, let's take a little bit of, bit of Arizona back home with us. You know, it was a piece of our life that we took back with us, you know, that didn't get left out there. Is some of it still out there? <laughs> Probably gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. But That's um, beautiful. Yeah. I think that was a fun memory for me. I would say one of my favorite plant memories would be probably unboxing one of my Instagram famous plants, which is my that Hoya Obavada mm-hmm. inner variegated oh, with so splash. Good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know why I wanted it, but I, it was one of those things. Like it wasn't even like a trend thing. It was just, I saw it and I was like, I need, I need that. Like I have to have that. And I'm so glad that I, I got it. Um, but just unboxing it and growing it out and sharing it, like all of that. I just love it. I have a piece of it. Oh, I Me love too. that. Friendship <laughs> plants, friendship plants. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, for me, it's, uh, it's not necessarily houseplant related, but growing up, we would always go to like cactus nurseries and stuff. My parents have always been planty people. Like 
my mom has had like a few house plants, like spider plants and pothos, but they always wanted to create like little like oases in our backyard and stuff. And so they'd get like little, just like little flower, like annuals. We'd plant annuals back by like a little fountain that they had. And honestly, just like looking, I know that's like a lot of memories wrapped into one, but just going to the nursery with my mom and my dad and just like picking things out and then like coming home and planting them together. It was such a special thing like to think back on. And and in the moment, my parents were probably like, oh, yard work, like we hate this. But um, (laughs) like, I really appreciate that they took the time to make those spaces. Like, I don't know. I just think that most people, the average person like doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. I mean, because they're like, life is happening around us. And both my parents worked like more than 40 hours a week for most of the time I was growing up, but they still took the time to do that. So I think it was just like, it set a precedent for me to like always make sure that I'm doing something for myself despite working mm-hmm. and everything else uh, because it, it changes your envi- your environment. So I think any of those memories where my parents like really prioritized that was super special. That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> well, you guys are also special. Potted Together podcast is the three of you weekly chatting, just mm. chatting up a storm. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, <laughs> not dude, my clean leaves, De La Plants. And then also you have Becca Cal. Is it still Becca Calhoun? Is that your other YouTube, Becca? Yeah, it's Becca De La Creations. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll link to everything in the show notes. Go listen to Potted Together. And it's so fun. A little caveat, though, is, yes, it's a plant podcast, but it's mostly just us, like, friendship, but also a little bit of plants sprinkled in. It's chats. <laughs> so yeah. set it's your expectations, chats. people, because yeah, yeah, <laughs> we don't need another Let's... review that says, where's the plant chat? It is funny to get those reviews, though, because <laughs> yeah. those that know us know that, like, it's it's definitely friendship first on the podcast, but we do like to sprinkle plants in it for sure. Because that's how our friendship started. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't you just love it when people leave negative it's reviews comical. on podcasts? I just think that's yeah. a special person. <laughs> that's a special person to take to leave a negative review. Yeah. Like right. of all the things you can do. But, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been so fun. Let's do it again sometime soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah. Thank you for having us. We love you. Yes. 100%. so much to Adam, Becca, and Nicole. Make sure that you're following them on Instagram and check out their plant tubes. Becca is Becca de la Plants. Nicole is My Clean Leaves. And Adam is Not Dude, K-N-O-T, not like you tie a knot. And follow them on Instagram too. They have such incredible collections. They're lovely, lovely humans. And I'm proud to call them my plant friend. Also, you can go check out their podcast. It's called Potted Together. Thank you to the sponsors of today's episode for supporting me to help me get this free content to you. Support the sponsors if they're products that interest you, because if you support them, they'll continue supporting me to create all these episodes. And thank you so much to being a part of this community. I know there's tons of podcasts you can choose from. It's an honor that you show up and hang out with me on a weekly basis. We have so many amazing episodes in store, plant friends. I know I keep saying that, but it's true. We just like keep booking all of these amazing guests on all of these amazing topics. And this listener survey that we just took from all of you um, definitely has me inspired to continue creating amazing 
episodes that will help you continue to keep blooming and keep growing joy. Plan friend, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss an episode. We have incredible episodes lined up in 2023, and I don't want you to miss one topic. And while you're subscribing, would you mind clicking over to the review section and leaving us a review? Reviews are tremendously helpful for the growth of the podcast, so I thank you in advance for helping this podcast reach as many planty earbuds as possible across the globe. If you're looking for more opportunities to grow as a plant parent with Growing Joy content, we've got a ton of free options for you. First, there's the Plant Parent Personality Test. It's so fun. It takes literally three minutes to complete. You take the test, you get your Plant Parent Personality Profile and a curated list of plants, projects, and podcast episodes that are right up your alley, tailored just for you, inspired by your results. The link is in the show notes. Make sure to let me know what your personality is after you take the test. If you're looking to uplevel your plant parent game, check out my website. We've got a bunch of free guides that you can download on topics like understanding natural light, which is actually a three-day worksheet, and nine ways to clean up your office if you need to bring a little bit of planty joy into your work life. And finally, I want to invite you to join the plantiest and kindest corner of the internet, my online garden society. It's both a web platform and an iOS and Android app. It allows our listeners to get together in an algorithm and troll-free online space to swap plant care tips, humble brag about plant wins, and get support when you have plant fails. We have monthly live planty show and tells on Zoom, which are so fun, and even have a living library of planty book recommendations sourced from our community. You can go to jointhegardensociety.com to grab your membership. And for anything else, plant friend, I am here for you. Feel free to drop me a line, whether you have an idea for an episode, an event, or maybe you're even a planty business interested in sponsoring the show. And of course, following me on Instagram and TikTok for daily planty silliness, musings, and tips is always recommended. You can find me across socials at Growing Joy with Maria. Thank you again so much for listening. It is truly my honor and life's delight to help you keep blooming and keep growing joy. Plant care is self-care on Growing Joy, the podcast. Make new plant friends, propagate knowledge, and grow some freaking joy. That's the motto of the Growing Joy Garden Society app and platform, otherwise known as the plantiest and kindest corner of the internet. If you've been an OG listener or a longtime listener, you might also know this app and platform as the Bloom and Grow Garden Party, but with the rebrand, we've rebranded it to the Growing Joy Garden Society. No trolls allowed, kind plant friends only. And if you haven't heard about the society yet, Plant Friend, you got to join. It's my online community that you can access via iOS or Android app or on your computer that I built to connect our international community of plant friends so we can all nerd out together about plants and celebrate our passion for our beloved plant babies. We have members literally all over the world. I'm so in love with this community of sweet plant friends. I can't say enough amazing things about them. But also there's a lot of really cool features about the app you might be interested in. There's dedicated hashtags to all sorts of different subsects of planty passions like houseplants, gardening, plant-inspired DIY projects, growing joy, plants and pets, and so many more. There's a plantrepreneur group, so if you're a planty entrepreneur and you want to connect with other planty entrepreneurs, you can join that group to connect and network. There's a plant swap section, plus the entire app, and this is my favorite part, is entirely searchable. So say you want to learn more about Hoya, you type the word Hoya into the search bar, and literally every post ever created about Hoya will 
will pop up so you can click in, see what other people have been posting about Hoya and learn on your own and crowdsource hair information. It's so cool. But last but not least, it's an amazing way to support the show. Your monthly membership not only goes to sustaining the platform, but it also supports my team of editors, writers, and a community manager that help the world of Bloom and Grow keep growing. So come join us. All you got to do is go to jointhegardensociety.com and sign up for the community plan. Once again, you go to jointhegardensociety.com and click the community plan. Hot take plant friends, there is no one right starter plant. There, I said it. And you know what? While I'm at it, there are also no real plant killers in the world. There are just people who have not figured out their right plants for their lifestyle. This is why I created the free Plant Parent Personality Test, because Plant Friend, I want you to get thriving alongside your houseplants as quickly as possible, so I made this cutie little Plant Parent Personality Quiz that's totally free for you on my website to take the guesswork out of building your plant collection effortlessly and joyfully. After speaking to thousands of members in our community, I realized that there are about five key plant parent personalities, each one with their unique set of strengths, weaknesses, and a unique set of plants that thrive under their care. For example, a mindful plant parent, someone who wants to engage with their plants daily, use them in their morning routines. If someone gifted that plant parent a succulent and they watered it every day, that succulent would die immediately. However... That drought-resistant succulent is a perfect match for a low-key plant parent, which is someone who travels, has kids, is busy, doesn't have time to engage with their plants every day. They're looking to engage with their plants more like once a week or once every couple of weeks. In addition, obviously, to understanding your light and basic plant care that we provide on this podcast, Happy Plant Parenthood is all about discovering your personality and then picking the right house plants to go with it. It's that simple. No more stressing over your collection. So what plant parent personality type are you, plant friend? All you got to do to find out is take my free quiz on my website and let me know. You can access it at growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality. After taking the test, you'll get an email with a list of plants, podcast episodes, and planty projects that I think would light you specifically up like a full spectrum grow light. So once again, that's growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality for your free plant parent personality test results. Mm-hmm. 